Hi Spurs people out there, thank you for tuning in again. Um, last one before Christmas. We're doing this on a Thursday night, Christmas Eve, uh, having sampled the victory to get us to the semi-final of the League Cup, uh, which is very encouraging. Um, they say that um, in football, a week is a long time. Well, it's been a particularly long week this week. Um, I think I told you last time that myself and Kim, my wife, were in isolation. At the end, what seemed like coming to the end of that isolation, we went to a place called Yate for a test and very organized, very correct, very proper, and had it done on the Saturday. And then on the Monday, we got our results and Kim was positive. I was negative, which I couldn't quite believe, but that's what it said. So of course we've been, been in deeper isolation since then and I'm convinced that, uh, that I've uh, picked it up. I'm about three days um, along from Kim having got it. And although I'm not a statistic yet because the authorities only really know about Kim. So, um, but because of the test, they would put me alongside her, I'm sure. So. Um, are we feeling bad? Well, okay, not not jumping about and dancing around, but uh, and of course it's it's finished Christmas in this household. We did have two daughters that were going to join us. One particularly from Bristol that was allowed to come here for Christmas Day and then go home. Okay, because of the tier system, the the Brentford daughter was not going to be allowed to do that and travel. So they've had to go off and buy their own food and stuff. And we're going to spend Christmas on our own, which is no bad thing when you're trying to pay respect to the fact that you, you know, you can't pass this dreaded virus on to people. It's caused a bit of an upset with, um, you may remember I've been signing and sending books out. So that all had to come to a finish. Thankfully, I, didn't promise anyone knew that um, they would get a book by Christmas. But even some of the ones before we were isolating that I sent out um, because of the chaos now at the post office this year have not arrived. So I've been trying to answer those, um, those questions. I think there's one outstanding one that didn't arrive. And if it was you, I really apologize. We've been in touch by email. And uh, hopefully I can make contact with you and, and phone the person who's awaiting the book and may be unlucky for this, this Christmas. So yeah, Spurs qualified for the semi-finals um, with a, a victory at Stoke. Uh, yeah, it was a, a very average victory, but the, the important word is victory and, and got through and playing Brentford as per the draw. I've already had people in touch wanting to, I think the Times wanted to talk about the, they're calling it the Perryman Derby. Um, that's a bit respectful, but I'm not sure that I'm, I certainly did enough at, at Tottenham, but not necessarily Brentford to, to be able to call it that. And it is a totally different club to the one that I joined way back in the, in the mid eighties. 
enjoyed my time there but um but yeah but so people are interested in my story be it at Spurs and then on to Oxford and then on to Brentford and my feelings about both clubs at the minute and stuff so so I mentioned Christmas is off for our family um and the the chaos caused by the 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 uh, to the book with regard to the the postage problems that we're all having so um thanks to patient spurs people i suppose that's part and parcel of being a spurs fan and the respect shown to me when i've made those phone calls to try and help the situation and and you've been great um I have spoke to various people just trying to smooth the path. And by doing so, you speak to supporters of various ages that the, the book was going to be a present for. And um, by talking to people, you learn things. And I was talking to a chap called Ian this morning, and he was telling me that, um, that Spurs are one of the only clubs in the premiership that offer discounts to children and to old age pensioners. Now, if I hadn't made that phone call, I wouldn't have known that fact uh, because I've never been in the situation of needing to buy a season ticket, of course. So it just makes you a little bit more proud of your, your club and your team uh, that this aspect of the, the business side of THFC is going in uh, the right direction. I've got a year older since the last time I spoke to you. Uh, I've now hit the 69-year-old age. And thanks for those who sent their best wishes and regards to me. You, you, of course, get lots of messages, cards, calls. And one that I particularly liked that said, growing old is inevitable, but growing up, is optional and I think sometimes with regard to this COVID situation and the way we deal with it and the way that we turn rules into our own what suits us best you know might be might be some of the problems that we're we're encountering now as as per this situation that seems to be getting worse by the minute so um so yeah trust me it's a very different type of birthday when you when you believe that you've got uh, COVID. And um, back to the, the Brentford semi-final situation, I, it made me think about semi-finals that I've been part of in my career, starting at Tottenham and then going right through to the end of then retiring at Exeter City. I've totaled it up and I could well be wrong, but I have taken part in 16 semi-finals and that would be the semi-finals that mean two legs uh, 13 of those victorious and three losses and I'm not talking about as a one-off game I'm talking about as a pair of games so 16 semi-finals um, 13 victories with three losses so I think the stats are not bad on that and of those um, 13 victories, nine turned into trophy winning or um, promotions as such, which is the same as, as winning a trophy. So I'm particularly proud of that. That spans, of course, a lot of years at Tottenham. 
a few years at Brentford, um, not really long enough to talk about in Norway, but then a longer spell in Japan. So, and then a, 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 a longer period at uh, Exeter, which involved four playoff finals. So obviously we won all of those four semi-finals to get us to Wembley. So yeah, so Howard, thank you for uh, attending today. Thanks for being part of this again. And um, you're gonna please give us the benefit of your experience and opinions of past games against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Fire away, Howard. Thank you, Steve. Um, we've actually met Wolves quite a few times in big competitions and uh, they feature quite largely. But today I thought I'd go back to 1972 the, the UEFA Cup final where we played Wolves that, that year. The build-up to it was very unusual. Alan Mullery, our skipper, who originally joined us in 1964 from Fulham, was, for no apparent reason, earlier in the season loaned back to Fulham until suddenly he was recalled by Bill Nicholson, just in time to play in the semi-final and, that, and was in the side and skipper for the final. This was the, the two-legged final of the UEFA Cup, if we won, we would become the first British team to win two different European trophies. We were the favourites. The first leg was at Molyneux. It was a very tough match, which we won courtesy of one headed and one magnificent shot, both by the incomparable Martin Chivers, who was in the middle of his great couple of years. Wolves had equalised by virtue of a quick free kick which went through Pat Jennings' legs. And of course, we had a certain Steve Perriman in the side. At the end of the game, the Wolves stewards kept us in for a little while, and by the time we got to the first service station on the M6, we were very hungry. The service station was closing down, and the staff were laying out the tables for breakfast. Some of the Spurs supporters were getting annoyed until one of us realised that the breakfast included small tubs of marmalade. The name of the marmalade was Chivers. So we all ate a lot while seeing Chivers and serenading any late arrivals. <laughs> I dropped Terry and Viv to their respective homes and went to my house. As I drove up, I was surprised to see the lights on. I went inside and found my mum sitting up in bed wide awake. She explained that my dad had taken the dog for a walk and had basically fallen over the dog and broken his hip. All in all, a very strange mixture of emotions. Now, for the second leg, two weeks later, the fans were expecting a comfortable match with our 2-1 lead. We scored early on when Mullery threw himself at a free kick. He scored and knocked himself out. Wolves were very much the better side, but we held on to win. Mullery lifted the trophy and started on the lap of honour. He turned and found all the other players had gone straight down the tunnel. Steve, maybe you can spread some information on what happened. Yeah, well, that's they were an interesting two games. Um, we were all particularly confident and elated by the, the manner of the victory at Wolves. Uh, Chiv was, as you said, in the middle of his purple patch. And I think that was the two years that he was undoubtedly the best centre forward in Europe. When he struck that ball, wow, for the winning goal, mm. um, what a goal. And his header wasn't bad either. And so we, we got mugged a little bit on the edge of the box. Gave a free kick away. 
Um, if I want to give myself an out, I would say that my job was to be in the wall and therefore my first purpose was to get back into the wall and other people maybe had different jobs. They took a quick free kick and, and, and scored. Uh, and, you know, I think you remember from past podcasts when I spoke about Harry through to Son at Manchester with a quick free kick, how it catches you out. The defenders don't have time to reorganize. And I'm a particular fan of stopping the ball and playing. Stop the ball and play. And um, so on this occasion, it, it had a great, uh, great impact on the second leg as such. So we went into it full of confidence, as I said, and what a, what a triumph for Alan Mullery. Alan Mullery had been put out on loan to Fulham, as you said, had to return because of injuries in the AC Milan game. If you're in the second leg, he scored the all-important goal that got us through uh, with, a, a, with a thunderous shot. And I'll never forget us getting back into the dressing room at the San Siro and waiting for the news about the other semi-final. And being a little bit disappointed that it was Wolves. You think if you're going to be a European final, that at least it could be against another European team. Well, that sounds a bit disrespectful to Wolves. They were there on merit. They deserved to be there. They had a, a very good team. They had a, a particularly good front line of Dugan and, and Richards and, and Wagstaff and people like that. So... You're right, Howard, we did not deserve to win the second leg. And it was Muller's goal that, that really got us out of trouble. Bill Nick being Bill Nick, um, when we got to the dressing room, really let us know this was lucky that we didn't deserve to win it. I think he went into the opposition dressing room and, and told them the same. I don't know if that was a reason for us getting off the pitch so quick in embarrassment that we'd won, but uh, Mullers was out there to enjoy his last moment as a Spurs captain, as a player that, you know, even from midfield could score goals. And you know, this was his swan song. So Mullers actually got trapped out on the pitch with thousands and thousands of Spurs supporters. And I think they had him up on their shoulders, etc. So, um, so yeah, it was a great swan song for him. Not only that Wolves game, but of course the second leg of the um, the AC Milan semi-final. Yeah. So um, I'm going to talk about 1982. Um, not as not as glamorous a game as you've spoken about, Howard. Um, and of course, I'm going to leave to a further date the two semi-finals we played against was in the FA Cup. One at Hillsborough, a draw, and then the second one at Highbury that we got a famous victory. So we'll leave till next time we, we have Wolves as opposition. But the 1982 game was special because the manner of how we played, it was one of the best uh, performances I took part in. You would think so. We, we won 6-1. It was the opening of the new West Stand. I don't know how long the team had been playing to three sides of the stadium while that was being rebuilt. But, um, but of course, a special day, I think special things went on before and after to celebrate the, that this new stand that had 
lots of lots more entertaining areas for instance the 722 private boxes i think howard you were um, if not on that first day you were certainly member of the centenary club which was all part of being in the new stand uh, was better views up there than than how it had been in the old west stand i wouldn't know that because i i very rarely had to sit up there and watch games but um this was sort of taking taking Tottenham Hotspur into the decade, it was taking money in, um, you know, through the boxes and through sponsored games and, and all that stuff that was going to sort of lead us into a new new era. And my story, which I think I've told before, but, you know, to pay respect to the fact that we've got lots of new listeners um, as time's gone on, I'm going to tell it again because I think it's quite an important one to put across how the game was changing. And if you remember, um, Irving Scholar was the chairman. Um, I received a phone call at the training ground. Well, I didn't. And Mr. Scholar wanted to see Steve Perrin back at the stadium. So I didn't rush. I finished training. Uh, showered, all the things you do normally, and then drove back to White Hart Lane, where Mr. Scholar was waiting for me. And uh, he said, Steve, uh, the new stand is nearly finished. I said, yeah, of, of course, you know, the, the I've read the opening game is going to be against Wolves. And yeah, of course, we're getting closer by the, by the day. So he said, Steve, I want to run something past you. So go on then. He said, the fact that you've not been allowed to use the car park because of all the building work going on. You've been parking up the high road um, and the new stand has been built and finished. We want the players to continue to park two or 300 yards up the high road behind the garage there on the right. So I said, but so why would that be? He said, well, you know, we've got 72 private boxes and I want to give every box holder two car parking spaces and therefore there's not room for the players so mr scholar you're telling me that the people that are buying boxes probably because we've got the likes of when our dealers and via and we're coming into a very successful period of our history with the, of course, started with the victory at Wembley against Manchester City in the replay. The people that are buying the 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 boxes are actually going to park nice and safe inside the car park, whereas the players, the arguably the box holders are into and support and like and appreciate. They're going to have to park up the road and, you know, run the gauntlet for two or three hundred yards with with autograph hunters, etc., photographs, all the stuff that you maybe don't want to and shouldn't be involved with before a game. It's not that's absolutely not possible. So I feel strong about this, Mr. Scholar, is that if that's what you're going to do, I if you've got some a pen and paper, I'm going to give you a, a, a transfer request because if that's the way this club is going, then I don't think you've got a great future. So, of course, for whatever reason, Mr. Scholar did not 
take that action. He did not stop the players parking in the car park. I think they ended up giving the, or, or part of their deal for a, for a box holder was that they had one car parking space. So um, again, for whatever reason, that was changed. And um, I just thought that says something about the way that business and football and trying to amalgamate the two situations. And of course, money's important football, but um, at the expense of the players, that, that wasn't right for me. So uh, again, thank you, Howard. Thank you, Tom, for your work behind the scenes. Um, Merry Christmas to everyone. Um, we're all gonna be looking forward to that that semi-final. Um, I hope that myself and Kim recover from whatever stage we are of this COVID. You all keep well out there. Have a great Christmas and be safe, most of all. And uh, remember what I said about my card. Old is inevitable, but growing up is optional. So uh, thanks for listening and um, see you all soon. Bye-bye. Up the Spurs.